Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And for those of you just joining me for the first time, I'd love to give you my free gift called the Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, the three ways of navigating your way to more peace, positivity, and personal power. You can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com. And every week we love bringing you new guests that you can learn from. And my guest today, I'm really excited to have her on the show. Why? Because we're going to be talking about a journey from welfare to millionaire. <laughs> you don't hear that too often. It's going to be really, really fun. And Sandy Forster of Wildly Wealthy is here with me today. And before I talk about her, you know, I want to ask our listeners a question. Have you heard of the term, that person has, was born with a silver spoon? Or the saying that goes, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Well, this is what I heard growing up. And even from my mom and from church, blessed are the poor. So growing up, I had the notion from families, friends, teachers, you know, church, <laughs> that being rich was somehow bad, or that at least that's how I interpreted it, and that holy and spiritual people like myself we're poor and should stay poor because, heck, blessed are the poor. You know, it didn't dawn on me like till many decades later that uh, the Vatican is very rich. <laughs> but anyway, uh, because of my mindset, though, any money that I earned quickly disappeared, and I settled for a money thermostat or set point, if you will, that was spiritually acceptable to me, which was in debt. And uh, the funny thing is, is even though I was a medical doctor, I was earning about the same amount of annual income as each of my parents were averaged out who were school teachers, okay? But, you know, people go, well, doctors, you're supposed to be rich, right? Well, I was very resentful of that when people say, oh, you're rich, you're a doctor, right? <laughs> I'd be really resentful. And that caused me to lose more money. I got rid of my money somehow. So I was a source of envy for many. And that was my stuff projected out into the universe, which gave me that feedback, and boy, you know, I just somehow wanted to prove to them that I was a good person. And so uh, somehow I kept losing my money until I was like quarter million in debt. Like that's crazy stuff, right? So Sandy is going to be helping us today with all of this. And so many of the people that are listening to the show, the sensitive souls, the light warriors, the, you know, the people that just want to give everything to people in need. Sometimes you need to hear that sometimes the way we think we're supposed to do it is not actually abundant and it's actually coming from a place of what we call scarcity. So Jenny Forster, my guest today, is the Money Mindset Mentor for women worldwide who are ready to experience more abundance and freedom in their life. Jenny went from welfare to millionaire, has been featured in Oprah's Aussie Secret and loves inspiring and empowering women to break through their blocks and manifest more money and create a life they're truly passionate about. Her award-winning international bestseller, How to Be Wildly Wealthy Fast, has been translated into 11 languages. She's the host of the Wildly Wealthy Women podcast, and she's transformed the lives of hundreds of thousands of women worldwide. She lives in her own tropical paradise near the beach in sunny Australia. Oh, God, I have to visit her. And has wild kangaroos grazing in her backyard every afternoon. <laughs> and you can connect with her at wildlywealthy.com. Welcome, Sandy, to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. I can't wait for our chat. Uh, it's so fun to be with you here today. Now, we are sitting at the edge of our seats to have you tell us the story of 
how you, first of all, got to be $100,000 in debt, and then how you went from welfare to millionaire. So take some time to, like, walk us through that whole thing. Yeah, sure. So I guess for me it was um, moving from the most southern state of Australia, which was quite cold in Victoria, to one of the warm tropical states, Queensland, which is up north. And when we did that, I started at a new school. I was 15 and I met a boy. And me and that boy went out for 11 years. Then we got married and we had two kids and... um, At that time, what I was doing, because I never had any great aspirations for having a business or, you know, creating amazing wealth. I just wanted to go to the beach. I loved the beach. Mm. So to be able to create a business kind of around that was fabulous. So I loved sewing and I bought some Lycra because I thought I'll make myself a bikini because (laughs) bikinis were very expensive, so I'll make my own. And I just kind of, when I made one pair, someone said, oh, I'd like a pair of them. And I made another pair for a friend and then another pair. Before I knew it, I was making bikinis as like a, just a side huh. hobby. Yeah, it was kind of fun, a bit of a side hobby. And then kind of the aerobic era came in and suddenly mm-hmm. everyone wanted leotards. So I started making leotards. So I built this business around kind of the aerobic and the swimwear industry. And I loved it because it wasn't a business as, most people would think of a business. It was actually me going down to the discount store, buying cheap um, but good quality Lycra, coming home into my garage, sewing all winter, and then finding an empty store down by the beach and selling all my swim and gym wear over summer. So as I said, it was kind of a hobby business. So it was great because when I was married, that money came in and allowed us to do extra things like allowed us to put in a swimming pool or go on a Mm. holiday or buy any furniture so just do fun stuff but around that time when my youngest was six months old and my daughter was three my husband and I divorced and suddenly that hobby business needed to become a real business and sustain me and it just never did that. I, like, I, even to this day, I have to admit, I just don't really consider myself a business person. I consider myself more of a creative person mm-hmm. who has kind of mastered the metaphysical and understands the spiritual side of money. And so I've created success by just being that person rather than a traditional professional business person so um, here I was trying to take that business and and make money out of it and I just I just couldn't do it I ended up a hundred thousand dollars in debt and I was receiving welfare from the government which at the time welfare was uh, in Australian dollars it was fifteen thousand dollars a year and so US dollars it was seven and a half thousand dollars a year which of course is not enough to survive on you just go backwards day after day after day Mm -hmm. so I was really struggling and I had prior to that kind of understood about positive mindset so I, I kind of I loved the idea of thinking positively because my life was so crap. (laughs) Thinking positively and thinking about how it could be just made me feel a lot more hopeful and and excited and, you know, maybe there was a way out of my situation. But then when I discovered the law of attraction, oh, my gosh, everything completely changed. So 
when I first discovered the law of attraction and I understood that what you focus on is what you create, that it was more than just the woo-woo sort of spiritual side, there was actually a scientific side to it, mm-hmm. a, a neuroscience and, and it was based on the quantum field. It was like, oh my gosh, because I'm a Gemini. I kind of got this split personality in that part of me is very creative, but the other half of me needs to know all the facts. So it was... Yeah, it was really cool to discover the scientific side alongside the the metaphysical or spiritual side. And I started using the law of attraction in my life. And I just, at, at the very start, more than anything, it was just an absolute relief. Like, think about it. I was $100,000 in debt. I was receiving $7,500 US dollars a year to survive. I was going backwards every day. Everything to do with money stressed me. When I Mm. had to go to the um, mailbox to pick up my mail, I was stressed just going there because, you know, am I going to get another bill? Am I going to get a red letter saying that I'm going to go to collections? Like everything was so stressful. When the phone rang, I would answer it really abruptly because I was scared it was going to be someone saying that I owed money like my whole Mm. life was constantly stressed around money but when I discovered the law of attraction I realized that focusing on and thinking about and energetically like really getting into the whole uh, being in debt thing was just not serving me at all it was just making me recreate over and over again that same scenario So discovering that instead I should focus on what I wanted my life to be, all the things that I wanted to bring into my world. So instead of being $100,000 in debt and focusing on that, I was still $100,000 in debt, but instead I would dream about owning my own house, about being able to travel when I wanted to, being able to buy fresh flowers every week being able to go to a yoga session or or buy a gym membership or have a car that didn't leak so much that it grew (laughs) a plant in the back seat every time it rained (laughs) like just having these dreams it just made me feel so delicious so light so expanded focusing on that instead of my actual situation so Mm. I completely like immersed myself in the law of attraction I completely immersed myself in thinking about and imagining about um, how my life was going to be and the really cool thing about that is Yes, from a uh, spiritual metaphysical level, you are starting to put your order into the quantum field, which is great. But from a very brain-orientated scientific perspective, what happens is when you start to think and focus on anything and, and attach strong emotion, what happens is you, you start to rewire your brain. There's a, a, a part of your brain kind of at the base of your skull that's called the reticular activating system. And it basically filters out everything that you don't need to focus on, that that isn't important to you. Because right now if I said to you, okay, I need you to look around the room you're in or maybe you're driving, wherever you are listening to this, but look around and what can you see? So for me personally, I could say, well, I see a computer screen and I I can see pictures on the computer and I can see a keyboard and I can see a desk and a phone and a pen and a a journal and I can see crystals and I can see a butterfly and I can see some chakra posters and I can see, and I, you know, look out the window, I can see palm trees and I can see palm fronds and then I can see spiderwebs between the palm fronds and then I can see different shades of green and literally I could spend a week 
detailing every single thing that I can see around me, the different shades of, of color, the different shades of light and dark, the different textures, the, like, like everything. There is so much that our brain takes in that if we had to process every bit of information that our eyes and our ears take in, our brain would just have a meltdown. We just couldn't cope. So mm -hmm. we have this reticular activating system kind of filtering out everything that isn't majorly important. So we only, it's like when you're in a crowded room and you're talking to someone and someone calls your name, you hear that. Whereas there is conversations everywhere that you're filtering out, but your name is important to you. So that's why you can hear it. That's why a mother who is asleep can hear a baby cry at night, but the dog next door might be barking, but you don't hear it. You filter out what's not important and only filter in what is important. But what that means for creating your world is that when I was in debt and I was really struggling and that's all I was focusing on, I was saying to my brain, okay, this is really important. Filter out all the opportunities. Filter out all the situations and <laughs> circumstances that are going to help you to create abundance and wealth in your life. What is really important to you? Because you're always thinking about it and talking about it and focusing on it and putting lots of energy on it. What's really important to you is struggling around money. And so mm. that's all I could see in my world. That's all I could experience. But when you shift that and you spend time focusing on what is important, you write out your goals, you imagine that they've already come to pass, you really put yourself in, the, in that place sort of energetically and emotionally. Then what happens is, you start to see opportunities and situations and circumstances and you get an idea to read that book or take that course or make that phone call or drive this way instead of that way and all of a sudden things start to fall into place that allow you to create the abundance that you want because you've trained your brain that that's what's important. That's what you want to see more of. And so... You know, when I discovered that, my mind was just blown. So to think that all this time I had been focusing on how my life was and what I didn't want, and so that's what I was creating. But when I shifted and started focusing on what I did want, then everything in my life changed. And as I said, I ended up, you know, just through, as I said, I'm not a, a normal, professional, structured, organized business person. I'm just a creative person. So mm -hmm. I actually woke up um, one day with an, a name in my head, Wildly Wealthy Women. And I went online and I registered that domain name, Wildly Wealthy Women. And at the time, I was actually working with my accountant because after I discovered the law of attraction, I'd actually discovered it through a course and I began marketing that course and I started to, to make a bit of money. So I was excited about that. But due to something to do with the company, that kind of folded. But my accountant came to me and said, look, I know you've had success in direct sales. I'd like to kind of combine with you and do something. Um, and at first I'd said no, but then I ended up saying yes. And, and anyway, we got started in this business and it started to make a little bit of money. But as I said, I woke up one morning with the name Wildly Wealthy Women in my head, went online, registered the domain name and did nothing with it for about three months. Uh, the universe loves speed. The universe loves you to take action. So, you know, I just mm. created that domain name. 
few months later, my um, accountant and myself were actually at a seminar over in the US. We'd both traveled to the US. And I said to her, I've got an idea for a mentoring program. I love what I'm learning and I love that I get to ask you questions about the practical side of wealth. But you know, there's so many women out there that buy this same course but don't have that support. I would love to start a program where we have live conference calls over the phone every week and we have Wildly Wealthy Women's Wicked Weekends where we all get together and, and have massages and learn stuff and do <laughs> beach walks. And, and so, so basically she said, yeah, go ahead, launch it, um, sounds great. And she went off overseas for a couple of months and then so I basically launched this program and it made, I think in the first year or actually the first four months, made close to two million dollars just from an wow. idea had no business wow. plan didn't have a didn't have anything worked out how it was going to happen I just had an idea in my head and you know that was just one of the ideas and I've come up with ideas over the over the years that you know again create me millions of dollars but I don't get stuck in what most people do which is come up with an idea spend forever perfecting it, getting it just right, <laughs> making sure all their ducks in a row, getting everything like just exactly how it should yep. be and then launching it. That's the ready, aim, fire principle. I don't work like that. I work with the ready, fire, aim. So I come up with an mm -hmm. idea, I just get it going and then I fix it up and tweak it and make it better and improve it after. And I think that serves me well because mm -hmm. otherwise I'd still be in planning mode. But you know, for me personally, along that whole journey, um, I actually became a coach. I, became, I trained to become a life coach. And life coaching is the most amazing profession. It really, uh, it just, it not only helps your clients, but if you're a coach, it helps you to become a better person because that's what you're immersing yourself in every day, you know, um, personal development. Mm -hmm. But when I became a life coach, I didn't do it from the perspective of helping people. I have to be completely transparent. <laughs> I, 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 that was not my intention. I was, I was drowning. I became a life coach because I knew that you could work from home, you could make as much money as you want, your time could be flexible, which was important to me because I had two small kids. Um, and you know, you, you were, it was all about the personal development industry. So I became a life coach to save myself because mm -hmm. I just thought I need something. I need to be focusing on something that's going to help me become a better person. But the really cool thing about becoming a coach and, as I said, working in that industry every day and working with clients is it does. It, you begin to transform your own life. And when you transform your own life, mm -hmm. you then move from just worrying about yourself and making your life better and, and you know, stopping drowning to being able to help others. And the things that I've been able to do over the years, when I had no money, um, I wasn't able to help anyone except maybe right. with my time. You know, it just it wasn't possible. But since I've gone from that place of being on welfare to being a millionaire, I've been able to help so many people. Like I've set up so many trust bank banks um, around the world for women in third world countries to mm. start their own small business. You know, some of them have started candle making businesses or selling fruit by the side of the road or, or making sandals. Uh, one woman went on to create, um, she was making, what are they, uh, wedding dresses. And she went on to create an international business. And so wow. these women 
don't just change their own life, but they change their family's life. And then their family gets to see what's possible. And, you know, their whole lineage is completely changed because I've been able to create prosperity. So when people think about prosperity, they think about wealth and spirituality. They think they're mutually exclusive. They think you can't have one without the other. Like like you exactly like you were talking about at the start. You can't make a lot of money and be spiritual. It's like, excuse me, you absolutely can. You can you can be the best version of yourself. You can make a lot of money and if you're a, a good person, you will help others. I think too often the whole kind of visual or the the whole story that we're fed through the media and through uh, things like TV and even magazines and everything out there is that people who have money are bad. People who have money walk over other people. People who have money Mm -hmm. are greedy and selfish and they don't care about other people. But there's people out there that have money like myself and all the people that go through my programs and all my clients they're good people. They, they know that when they make money, they can help more people. When The more that they make, the more of a difference they can make in the world. And that's what we actually want. We want more good people in the world making more money mm-hmm. so that the world just becomes a better place. And that's oh. the bottom line. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that there's a very, very good, sweet, beautiful, loving people who somehow feel that once they have the money, I mean, the subconscious, they feel like somehow they're going to turn into the evil <laughs> whatever. Like, I must have <laughs> I had that It's crazy. Too. Yeah, it is crazy. And the one thing that I've recognized, and I've heard this before, and I've actually seen it in action, is whoever you are now, money will amplify you. So if you're a piece of crap already and you don't (laughs) care about people, then when you make more money, you're going to be that same person. But if you're someone who cares about others and wants the best for others and wants to help others, when you make more money you just amplify that and you're actually able to do something about it. So that's what I love about money. It amplifies who you are. Mm, I think that's so true. Now, along your way and along your journey, uh, I'm sure you've had, uh, I call them abundance challenges, but basically some challenges in terms of, uh, and maybe you didn't, um, you know, people, um, you know, saying, well, why do I have to pay? Like, you know, can't this be free or can't you lower the price for me? I mean, did you have any of those things? Like in the healing industry, we have it all. Totally. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. And, you know, the way I look at it, I, I guess I have to filter all of those requests and people asking through the lens of what I lived. And when I had no money, when I was $100,000 in debt, I did exactly the same thing. I was always asking, can I get a discount? Can I get a scholarship? Can, you know, yep. do you have a free version? And it's like I, I didn't want to pay, not so much that I didn't want to, I, I couldn't, like I didn't have the money. Right. And what I found was when people said no, because everyone said no, because everyone's running a business. And when you're running a business, you can't be giving everyone everything away for free. Otherwise, your business goes down the tube. So, you know, everyone said no. But what I learned from that was my will and determination to change my circumstances served me well. If mm. people had said yes, then I wouldn't have built that muscle. It's like, it's like the mm. butterfly in the cocoon, okay? It's right. this lava in a cocoon and... 
we've all heard the story about the man who sees the butterfly struggling to get out of the cocoon so he just cuts the cocoon slightly so the butterfly can get out but the butterfly never actually flourishes and and turns into this beautiful butterfly and flies away because that struggle to get out of that cocoon is what actually squeezes the moisture out of the wings that allows the butterfly to then fly so it's the struggle we go through to, and the commitment that we make and the things that we do to create what it is that we want that help it to be long-term, that help us to, to become a better person. And if we're looking for a handout, what happens is you know, we never really gain that strength. We never really learn the skills. We never really, you know, and this is why I say um, even with the money that I make, I'm all about not giving a handout to, to charities or, or causes I believe in. It's about a hand up. That's mm-hmm. why I love Opportunity International. They're not just giving people money and saying, there you go, you know, go and spend it. It's about giving a micro loan and they get to start a small business. But they have to pay that money back. But then they're allowed to borrow more money and so their business can grow. So it's mm-hmm. about a, a hand up rather than a handout. And so for me personally people saying no to me in my own business when people come to me and ask for uh, well they don't actually come to me they come to my team and they ask for you know a scholarship or this that and the other we say no in the nicest possible way because we know by saying no it's actually serving the client better it's Mm -hmm. actually serving them better if they step up and find a way and of course, you know, what I teach, I, I give, um, we've got things on our website that allow people to become more prosperous without paying. So, and I'll be telling you a little bit about that at the end of the call, but, um, you know, we've got guided visualizations and affirmations that start to move people into that place where they attract the abundance that they need to then pay for whatever it is that they're wanting to purchase mm-hmm. because by saying yes to someone and giving something something for free, the thing is, they don't value it the same way. And right. you can say, oh, but I'd be different. Oh, no, I would. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, people don't. It's, nope. There's transformation in the transaction. Without Ooh. the transaction, the transformation is not the same. And so I'm very much a believer that um, if people are really committed to something, they'll find a way. And the other side of that is if they're really meant to do something, Mm. then the universe will provide. So, for instance, I have a course that is uh, a 10-month training and certification program for people to become internationally certified law of attraction coaches, and that's got quite a hefty price tag. It's a few thousand dollars. And, you know, I have people that hear about that program and love it, and, oh, please, please, can can I join and then I'll build the business and then I'll pay you back more or, or you know all these different stories and my team say uh, no because we know that without that commitment without spending that money you don't have that you're really not in it a hundred percent and so we end up giving them a guided visualization to help them get into that place where anything is possible and the amount of people that come back a week you know, the, the earliest I think has been two days, but you know, it could be a week or even a month later and say, oh my gosh, the money just came out of nowhere. It's when you're truly committed and you not only committed, 
on a uh, mindset level, but you do the work that you need. Like you do a guided visualization consistently to get yourself into that place where you start to attract what it is that you desire that the universe starts to provide. So, you know, quite often you might, there might be something you want to buy or you want something from someone and you want it for free. It's like, well, if they're building a business and the way that they're able to reach more people is grow their business larger, if they're giving everything away, then their business has to shrink and then they don't reach as many people and then they're not making the transformation mm. that they want. So, you know, it's very easy, as I said before, to think that wealth and spirituality are mutually exclusive and if you're going to be spiritual, you've got to give it all away um, and then, you know, you can't be wealthy. But really, you've got to join the two together. To have a balanced life, think about the more your uh, mentor creates the more difference they can make the more that you create abundance wise the bigger difference you can make and that's that's what we want we want more people in the world that are good wonderful caring loving people wanting to make a difference not just in their own life not just in their family's life not just in their community but you know be part of the the transformation around the world you need money to do that because that's pretty much how the world works and with more people more good people with more money we can make that bigger difference much faster mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it thank you so much well you wrote uh, your bestseller how to be wildly wealthy fast so can you tell us more about your book yeah so I guess the reason the book was written was um, Going back, oh, I think it was about 2000 and 2002 or 2003, I was teaching an online course. And, and actually, it wasn't even online. It was by teleseminar. So this was before webinar, before you actually saw people. Right. It was only over the phone, yeah. And I so I that. used to teach by teleseminar, yeah, back in the day. Um, and I used to teach this uh, four-part teleseminar series, and it was called... It's called Millionaire Mindset, uh, Seven Steps to Your Prosperity and surefire strategies to increase your financial uh, freedom forever, or something like that. It was like the longest name on, in history. But it was <laughs> this four-part series where I taught uh, practical and metaphysical steps to create abundance. And what happened was I had more stories and more processes and more things I wanted to share. So then it was a five-part program, then it was a six-part, then it was seven-part. And as you know, the program itself increased, then the the price increased and it ended up being 12 weeks and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is just going to go on forever. And plus price makes it, um, you know, at the time I didn't I didn't want to charge people. Like I, I think I had a few levels. There was like a $197 level and then a $500 level and a $1,000 level depending on what they wanted uh, and the additional support they wanted. But I just felt like, oh, I just want to reach more people. I want to get this information into the hands of more people, but it's taking me so long and so the price is higher. So I basically took all that information about all the different processes and exercises and ways and stories and examples of how I created my abundance and how my clients were creating abundance and put that into a book. And mm. it was great because then the book, you know, the book, I don't even know what it sells on Amazon now for, but... I don't know, it's probably $15 or something, but it's a, a much easier option for many people. They can just buy the book and then they can start to learn all these amazing processes so that they become more magnetic to money. 
Oh, okay, that's great. Well, and speaking of processes, um, you know, where you said you, when you discovered the law of attraction, you started making these mindset shifts and, and really focused and committed to uh, um, dreaming and putting your energy to more of what you want. I still find that this is quite challenging for the grand majority of people. They can't stop thinking about what they don't want. So how did you make that jump? Did you just, you know, read a book, do a course, and just were just a fast learner? Or like, haha, you know, did some of your processes help with that? Yeah, I think, I think for me personally, as I said, I was $100,000 in debt and on welfare. So thinking about focusing on talking about that, which is what I'd done, you know, pretty much all my life, just was so oppressive and felt so bad that when I discovered the law of attraction and as I said discovered that what you focus on is what you create I just felt so much better focusing on what I wanted and so for me personally and it's different for everyone it's just like you know people wanting to get fit there's a million different mm -hmm. exercises you can do different ways you can do Zumba you can do gym you can do running you can do you know Latin dancing you can do whatever you want but whatever works for you best. Like if I said to someone, you've got to go to the gym every day and they hate the gym, then that's not going to work. <laughs> so it's the same with the metaphysical processes. So for me personally, guided visualizations, I love them. Like they mm. literally take me away to this space where, you know, eyes closed, blocking out all external stimuli and just going through this process of imagining, you know, my dream house and my dream life and being able to do all the things that I want and being able to make a difference in the world and just putting myself in that place just felt so much more delicious. So I was able to do that a lot and that's why, you know, in my um, programs, I have advanced programs that really help people to break through their blocks and we have dozens and dozens and dozens of guided visualizations because I know how powerful they are I know the difference they make so it really is a matter of finding the process that makes you feel good because when it comes to manifesting when it comes to bringing things into your world um, it really is about body mind and spirit so it's about your thoughts and your feelings and your actions and I think too many people understand about the thoughts and the feelings so they understand about thinking about what they want and they're sitting around meditating expecting you know the money to drop into their lap but that's not going to happen you actually have to because um, your thoughts send your order out to the universe your mm -hmm. feelings attract it back to you but by action you actually receive what it is you desire so as I said, you can be sitting around and meditating till the cows come home, but the money's not going to drop into your lap until you take action. And I think that's kind of a missing piece for a lot of people. They, they're mm -hmm. not taking action. Um, right. So when and you get an idea... That was the criticism. Exactly. Was that, exactly. And that's was, the thing, you know. Yeah. We love the secret because it really exposed so many people to the law of attraction. It came out a couple of years after my book um, had been published. And, you know, it really did change people's lives, but it didn't really dive into the taking action part enough. Mm -hmm. And I think, as I said, too many people think that they only have to think and feel about what they want and it'll come. But it's in the action. I, the book that was written by Wallace Wattles back in 1910, mm -hmm. so over 100 years ago, was the inspiration for The Secret. Right. And um, in that book he says, by thought the thing you desire is brought to you, but by action you receive it. Mm. And that is just, 
it's key it, you've got to take action and that's you know again one of the things I love to teach my my students that when you align body mind spirit when you when your thoughts and your feelings and your actions are aligned that's when the magic can happen Mm-hmm. Well, and let's. I want to dive in a little bit to this alignment because my personal observation, at least for myself, um, is that uh, you know I, I, I totally understood like the you know focusing on what the desired outcome is as opposed to what we do not want, and then also putting the feeling into that and really I call it being there. So like really being as if or acting as if it's there. Now the yeah. action part yeah. was a little bit tricky, I found for me initially. Um, but since I've started to meditate and the way I do is, is very unconventional. <laughs> Uh, so I'm very active. I'm a very active person, so I'm never really sitting still. It's kind of challenging for me to sit still. Um, and so I even got a, a work bike here at, on my desk. So I'm actually, you know, was pedaling a moment ago <laughs> for most of my interview <laughs> on the bike. Um, so what I've noticed is that as I go into stillness through my body, because that, that's because I'm so active, if I just observe the energy in my body, I go into a meditative state, not even calling it meditation, and then what I've noticed is that instead of me taking action of what my left brain and ego thinks it should do towards the, my goal, when I am so-called meditating in this stillness, I just get an idea. The idea mm-hmm. pops up, and then I just naturally mm-hmm. want to do that idea, and that idea leads to another idea, to leads to another thing. And after I'm like, wow. How did all that happen? That is a beautiful example. It is. It is so cool. That is like the perfect example of inspired mm. action because inspired ideas come to you. And I love that you brought that back to meditation. I think people don't quite understand how powerful meditation is. So... Yes, I think you know science is catching up, and it's saying that meditation is really good for health and really good for um, your mental state, and really good. You know, it's, it's sort of telling us about that side of it. But I say to people, you know what? Meditation is really good for making you a marvelous manifester, because mm-hmm. exactly as you said, what happens is I always like to give people a picture of. Think of the universe like way out there, out there in the universe, like way, way out there. And you here as this little speck on the earth. Between you and the universe, you and God, between you and source, there is this pipe, okay? Mm -hmm. And this pipe is where you get messages and ideas and thoughts straight from the universe, straight from God. But what happens is because of life, that pipe gets kinks in it and it gets, gunk in it and it gets all kind of messy and so you don't really hear you don't you don't get those thoughts those ideas those messages but meditation is like the pipe cleaner meditation (laughs) cleans out that pipe and so when you meditate on a daily basis and I'm not talking about sitting there for hours on end cross-legged you know or standing on your head I just mean you know it could be 10 minutes in the morning before you start your day you know it could be 15 minutes at night before you go to sleep, whatever it happens to be. But just spending time in meditation, in that silence every day, cleans out that pipe. And then you will, exactly as you said, you will, you will come up with an idea that will, will birth another idea. And, and it, just, it just happens. It just flows and you become 
this person that has these inspired ideas and takes inspired action and then all sorts of miracles can happen. Mm-hmm. Then we can be masterful manifestors and flow masters. <laughs> exactly. We can do the most amazing things. Like I remember one of my, one of my um, students, Suzanne, and she was running a charity in Canada. And um, since she's applied everything that she learnt within my programs, she's gone out and she has built, she has taken that charity from making a few hundred thousand dollars to making millions of dollars and being one of the, the largest and most successful charities in Canada, wow. um, feeding millions of people. Like she's just made such a difference and not just the charity-wise but also in her own life she's been able to purchase multiple properties and she said you know she can't believe that she's been able to set herself up for life for her personally but then also the charity is making such a massive difference so you know it really is a matter of it can happen for anyone no matter what you're doing you can make a huge difference in your own life in your family's life in your community and whatever cause you want to support when you become as we said a master manifester when you really learn to to be in control of your mind, your thoughts, and focus on the things that you do want to create as opposed to what you don't want in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things, Sandy, that triggers us sensitive souls is that uh, many of us, partly through our own opinions, if you will, <laughs> partly through the spiritual New Age movement, have uh, really... Um, denigrated, uh, downplayed um, the importance of materialism. I'm not saying materialism necessarily is good or bad. It just is, right? So, you know, a lot of times when they're watching, you know, The Secret or or reading some of the books uh, around it, the focus, even in, for example, network marketing companies, when they do presentations, right, some of the focus really turns us off. Uh, because for some reason we're programmed the opposite way. We, you know, it's like I don't want a sports car. I don't need a, you know, a twenty thousand foot house. You know, beach is okay, but you know what I mean. Like, and so it it starts to like, you know, get us going the other way, and then we tend to turn away from it. Um, so so sometimes people shy away uh, because you know they're you know the teachers may be talking about well what car do you want and you know where do you want to live and how many exactly. trips do you want to do and yep. this materialism yep. and us the spiritual people go eh not for me. So do you have an answer for that? Absolutely. And it's almost like when something is presented to you and there is this, you know, opportunity for abundance and you turn your back on it, it's like throwing out the baby with the bathwater. It's like just because that's presented, because I guess you have to think about it there is a huge majority in the world that that is the most important thing. And I know when I was $100,000 in debt and on welfare, you know, to me, I remember I was told to create a vision board. And I got all these pictures and rather than one piece of cardboard, I was at a, a special um, personal development retreat and we were all given a piece of cardboard. But I went up and said, oh, is there any spare cardboard? And I got three pieces of cardboard, <laughs> stuck them all together. And then I had pictures of houses and cars and yachts and jewelry and furs and all this stuff on my vision board. And I took it home and I put it on my wall and it just kept falling down. It just kept falling. It wouldn't stay. There was no way it would stay. It was too big. It was too heavy. And I looked at that vision board and I thought, you know what? that's not me like Hmm. I get seasick why would I want a yacht (laughs) (laughs) I 
I live in a hot place. Why would I want furs? Like, I don't ever wear jewelry. I, like, what do I really want? And I created a much smaller vision board that had a picture of a dolphin jumping out of the water, had a picture mm. of a hammock. It did have a picture of a, um, like a, what do you call it, like those business cases. I can't even remember what they're called now. Um, briefcase, that's it, with okay. a picture of the world on it. And wow. it was just, and a picture of a sunset and a picture of travel and... You know, it was just, just those things and all those things came to pass. And when I looked at that vision board, I felt lit up. So mm-hmm. I guess, um, you know, everyone can get sucked into the, you know, you want all the stuff. But honestly, since I've created my money, I don't buy anything these days. Like there's nothing I buy. I have a house that I love on acreage. It's got a spring-fed dam. I have a beautiful tropical pool with a Buddha waterfall, a mm. Balinese hut next to it, and I lay in the daybed and I watch the kangaroos in the backyard and We're I all read my you. books. <laughs> <laughs> Come on out anytime. And, you know, I'm six minutes from my favorite beach and mm. I have a car that goes, you know, it's a just a, I don't even know what type of car it is I'm not a car person so I've just got a it's like and I've just got and the things that light me up are being able to go to a health retreat or mm-hmm. travel to a seminar and learn yes. and then yes. come back and bring that information and share it with with my community so that they can transform their lives so exactly. it's like I think you you're your focus shifts even if you are like I was at the start thinking I wanted all the things but then, you know, once, once the money comes in and you kind of feel safe, because I think that's what it was, I, did, I didn't feel safe, I didn't feel like I'd ever have enough, so I wanted everything. But once I got the money and I felt safe, it was like, I don't need everything, I just need what I've got, and then how can I make a difference? Where, like, you know, one of the things I've done is... Um, built a school over in Ghana and mm. you know being able to see your name on the plaque and see all those smiling faces of those children who before didn't even have a school room had nowhere to go to school they had to sit outside in the weather now they have the school room and they feel so proud and I know that it's more than just a school it is their future not just their future their destiny but their families and on and on down the line like you're not just making a difference and building a school it's that's not all it is you're transforming a community's complete future so you know being able to do things like that is is just amazing and that would never have happened if I was still a hundred thousand dollars in debt on welfare so exactly. you know you need the, the abundance and the money to make that difference exactly and and you know the lesson here too is this you know oftentimes we'll go ahead and judge another person for what they think yes. they want or what they feel they want and that judgment that criticism is very negative energy that is not helping exactly. us exactly uh, you know, Not um, at all, because it's, it's, if you're looking at people who have wealth and feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, they're so bad, time? they're greedy, then then basically that energy you're putting out to the universe is saying, money is bad, they are greedy, uh, that's not me, and you just won't create it yourself. So if you're really wanting to make a difference in the world, not just in your own life, not just in your family, but in the world at large, we need more people to be abundant, to be able to focus on impacting people who may not be able to create that abundance and giving them that handout, not just that handout. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. And, you know, for the highly, uh, um, uh, as T. Harvecker used to say, money monks uh, out there, um, that uh, if we, you know, somebody else is focusing on the Porsche or whatever, we don't have to do that. And if nice. we're really passionate about, you know, making a difference, how would you like to make a difference? And then focusing exactly. on that, we don't have to do it like the way that you see somebody else do it. And we don't have to criticize somebody else what they exactly want. if 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 people are talking about you know you you gave the perfect example you know people network marketing i think it's a great industry for people to learn about the psychology of sales to learn and, and start a business without having to know all the bits and pieces of a business because it's just set out so when they focus on the things like the cars and the houses and the different bonuses you get instead of looking at that and going oh i don't want that look at that and go, oh my gosh, I could, I could earn one of them, I could sell that, and then I could give the money and make this difference here. Like, you can mm. translate whatever you see out there as, you know, the things that other people want, and you could look at how that amount of money and what you're going to do with that amount of money. It doesn't have to be the same goal that everyone else has. But, you know, obviously, in the world we live... Um, the, the things that appeal to people are the fact that just like me, when I was drowning, I just wanted all the things. And so when people are looking for to be, to be um, saved when they're in that place where, where they're really struggling, they do want all the things. But just like me, or you know, if, you're, if you are like me, then you might feel that, yes, the money can come in, but then how can I make a difference? What can I do? I remember holding events all around Australia and we took all the money from those events and we donated it to a charity and I think it was about close to about $50,000. Mm. And um, that just made such a difference because, again, it was the microloans lending out to women all around the world in third world countries. And, again, this isn't just one person and once of. This is continually lending. They build their business. They pay it back. They get more of a loan. They, and it just on and on, and it just creates that amazing ripple effect, not just in their family but in their community and around the world and that ripple effect, and that's what we want. We want more amazing people who do have that focus on how they can change the world to be more abundant so that they can step in and make a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, and the funny thing is it's interesting because some people will go back to network marketing for a sec. You know, they, they might start out in network marketing. Uh, they haven't made, you know, any money yet, uh, and they're looking for, you know, another income, that kind of thing. And they'll often, and I think I did the same thing early on as well, they'll often say, well, you know, the company should do this, and they should correct this, and they should make this better, and they make that better, right? And um, now that I've, you know, run my own business, <laughs> I realize sometimes how long it takes uh, to, to yes. make some shifts and changes. Um, you know, sometimes my answer to them now is, um, so how do you run your business? And the answer usually is, like, well, I don't really have a business. I just started and, yeah. and so yeah. for us to be success, quote unquote successful also means that we get to be credible <laughs> because yeah. I'm like, why should the top person, okay, or the president of this company listen to you who is broke? Seriously. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then also making change in companies that are really big, it's a bit like 
turning the Titanic. Yeah. It's, it's not an easy thing. Like when you're yeah. a small solo entrepreneur, you can change your mind, you can do something on your website, you can change your prices. It's all very easy to just, you know, zigzag wherever you want. But, but a big company, it's like, you know, turning the Titanic and it's a slow process and there's a lot of moving parts. And, oh, you know, yeah. So, yeah. I'm yeah. getting to learn that. And, and the funny thing is my, my tribe, I'm very transparent. So I'm just like, okay, well, this is like month 18 or my, month eight of our migration that should I thought was going to take a month, but it's uh, month eight yeah. now. And, uh, you know, anyway, um, you've helped so many women around the world. I'd love to hear um, another story. You talked about Suzanne. Um, do you have another inspiring story you could share with us? Yeah, oh my gosh, inspiring stories. There's so many. So um, one of the things I love to do within my uh, one of my advanced programs is we start every call with getting people to share their successes because I mm -hmm. truly believe that when you hear of someone else's success that you should be doing a few things. You should first of all be happy for that person that they've created the success. Like just be absolutely happy for them. The next thing you should do is get excited because to be able to actually hear of someone else's someone else's success means that it's possible for you too. Yeah. And then the third step is to feel grateful, grateful mm -hmm. as if that success is already yours. So wow. rather than listen to someone's success and feel like jealous or feel annoyed, like mm -hmm. be happy be um, excited and be grateful. So, oh, so many stories like um, one I remember, I always call them money miracles because that's what they are. Like it, they just happen. I remember one woman started my program and within about three or four weeks, she said she got a phone call from the bank to say that the $34,000 loan that she had, they were just wiping it. Like no, no reason, they just were <laughs> going to wipe the loan altogether. They, and time and time again, I get women who get their loans just completely wiped or money that was owed to them just comes back that they thought they would never get. They get a raise. They wow. Suddenly they have 10 new clients. Like, and I, I've got one of my um, students, her name's Denise Duffield-Thomas, and she, when she came to me, she went through my coach training. She started coaching, and that very first month, she made $225. And um, since that time, like she's been through pretty much all my programs, but since that time, and that was, I think, back in 2000, and, I think it was 2012, I think. I can't remember exactly. But she now has a $4 million business. That's how much she turns over every year. And she is very much the same mindset as me that, you know, the more women that get out there and make money, uh, the, the more amazing the world is because women tend to have a more, I think, um, nurturing side to them. They're more... Uh, caring about the community and about family not nothing against men but this is just kind of in our dna and and so you know she's of the same mindset so not everyone's going to go out there and go through my programs and then have a four million dollar business but um, some of them just wipe out debt some of them get paid back money they're owed some of them their business just flourishes some of them you know one woman um chantelle down on the Gold Coast, she was so excited because she went from having 
um, $4,000 months to having $16,000 months and was able mm. to purchase her very first home on the river and she was so mm. happy and grateful and she sent me a picture of um, of her on Boxing Day of the family because it's you know Christmas is sunny so she's out there <laughs> by the river having a barbecue <laughs> so, yeah so cool so cool Oh, that's great. Now, the, what you said about when you start the calls, you know, in your higher end program with the wins and, you know, then the, to get excited for them and not them. Mm-hmm. Is that part of your three biggest money mindset tips or is that is the three biggest um, money That's definitely tips? one, yeah, because okay. too many people see someone with wealth, see someone that have achieved something that you want, see someone that's created success and... Um, if if they're of that mindset that you know wealth is bad, they automatically get their hackles up. They automatically, you know, judge the person. They automatically, mm-hmm. or they just get triggered. They get triggered that you know someone else has created something and they would like that, but it hasn't happened for them. So they just feel, you know, this horrible feeling. But again, if you're wanting to make a difference in the world, you have to be that change first. So you have to get into that place where you feel happy and excited and grateful for what other people are creating so that you're able to create it for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So everyone listening in, you can connect with Sandy and her amazing programs, wildlywealthy.com. And Sandy, you were going to uh, share a free gift for our listeners, right? I am, yes. So I know sometimes the very first step is just kind of opening your mind to what's possible. And so I've put together um, some abundance affirmations and a guided visualization that will get you into that place where, you know, if you're wanting to create more abundance in your life, and more abundance can often mean more flow and more ease and just that, that feeling of lightness and expansion. If you're wanting that in your life and then being able to build on that and help others then I'd love you just go to um, wildlywealthyfree.com and you can get that that wildly wealthy bundle of goodies just to to really start that process of allowing more abundance to flow into your life oh that's great so wildlywealthyfree.com yeah okay fantastic oh that's great Uh, do you have a final piece of inspiration for our listeners Andy? Um, yeah, I think I think sometimes people hear my story and think I'm someone different. They think I'm <laughs> I don't know what they think I don't know what they think I am, but they think I've got some special power. I need everyone to know that I dropped out of high school in grade eleven. I didn't even finish high school. Okay, I went on to work at the local library. I had no real skills. I had no connections. I didn't know anyone with money. Like I, there was no reason why I could become a millionaire, and you know, could go out there and and make a difference in the world. So I figure, if me, who dropped out of high school, no connections, no no nothing, I I just immersed myself in wanting to make a difference in my life and then move beyond that and make a difference in other people's lives. So I figure if I've been able to do that, anyone can do it. If anyone wants to make a change in their life, it really just is a matter of making that decision, making that commitment, and then taking action toward doing it. Beautiful. So you can find Sandy at wildlywealthy.com and the free gift is at wildlywealthyfree.com. 
www.thepowerofthenow.com. Sandy, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I'm, I'm you know, excited about what you're doing and you're reaching people around the world. And, and I'm always there to support women who are doing that because you know, it's that ripple effect. We're going to change lives one person at a time. Yay, ripple, ripple, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, and thanks everyone for listening in. Lots of love. Until next time, bye for now, everyone. <laughs>